Romance with a Cocktail. Welcome to Romance with a Cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married. And today is a special anniversary podcast of Romance with a Cocktail. It's an anniversary in the sense that it is our actual wedding anniversary. 18 years. Happy 18 years. And it is an anniversary in that we've completed our year of podcasting. It's hard it's to episode believe. 52 even though I accidentally did episode 49 twice. So it's okay. We had one episode that didn't have a book and then we had Anna Karenina for two mm-hmm. two times. Yeah. So it's our 50th book. It's our 51st you book. You keep saying that, but I know I counted them. We got 51 episodes. Yeah. And we have 49 different books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because we so did now, an introduction episode. Right. Yeah. So this is our 50th book. Mm-hmm. So we did it. 50 books. Mm-hmm. Was this romantic, the book that we're talking about this week? What book are we talking about, Ashley? Delta of Venus. So apparently a lot of people have been recommending it in your life. Um, I'm going to say that I don't think it's really people who have a shared understanding of a romance novel with me because I would not say the first word that comes to my mind after reading this is romance. Really? Tell me more. It's not. Okay, so we know that this is actually not considered romance either. It's an erotica. Mm -hmm. And while I know that Anais Nen wrote that she was exploring feelings, and that there's a tension for women in the feeling and the the acts of, you know. What acts? Pleasure. Could you tell me more about <laughs> acts of pleasure? Um, it still, it didn't engage my feelings. Like it didn't hit like a romance button for me. Mm. It's all more about like some kind of either pleasure finding or unfulfilled pleasure that people are in search of mm. or, or pleasure that like goes in a dark, dark, dark direction in mm. some cases. And and romance novels, I mean, you've now read 49 of them. Mm. I mean, Anna Karenina is questionable as a romance. The Lover, questionable. Questionable, yeah. Weathering Heights. Questionable. questionable. <laughs> Although it is literally on every list of the top ten romance Outlander. novels. Questionable. Questionable. Romance book club. Questionable. Not questionable. It is a romance novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can see this is clearly different from a romance novel. Even most of the questionable novels mm-hmm. have more of a romance bent than this did i mean again the lover maybe not and anna karenina even anna karenina because they had kitty and levin so and mm-hmm. even vronsky and anna had like a love that they you know it wasn't healthy clearly but there mm-hmm. was like a a commitment so the to lover love did with too. one person the lovers i know you always say that i suppose there was the coming together but we didn't really get to explore the romantic feelings of them. You did when mm. they were out in the tow truck. A little, a little, but it didn't really have a payoff, like an emotional payoff. Mm. And this, not so much emotional payoffs. It's very timely that we read The Lover, considering the geopolitical situation we find ourselves in right now. 
November 2023. It's true. It's a love story between a Palestinian and a Jewish girl in Israel. Very interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Didn't think about that. Yeah. But you're right. It is. Would you like to discuss that further? No. You want to move back into Delta of Venus? Sure. Which you read when you were a young person. This is my mm-hmm. first time reading it. By young, not a young adult, a minor. Right. An adole- a young adolescent. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to imagine. Now that I've read it, it's really quite hard to imagine young Peter reading this. I mean, is it worse? I don't think it's any worse than seeing a Hustler magazine or like... Well, I haven't seen a seeing Hustler. Seeing Max as a young person. Like when you're young, you know, there's always some boy who's got something. I mean, now it's even easier with the internet, but like back in the day. But this is like... It's also literary for a young person to be reading. Like, yeah, there's like very explicit descriptions, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it has like a literary, it's not flowery at all, but it has a certain like, I don't know, just literary style to the writing. It's true. And there's a lot that I'm surprised you. Maybe you didn't understand it. When there you were was reading. plenty I didn't. understand. It just went over your head because yeah. there's a lot. Or I just of, wasn't interested in it. I mean, that too. Okay. I did remember like a few disturbing passages from it, and then I then I forgot them, and then I remembered again when I read it again. I was like, oh yeah, I did read that at one point, and I just thought it was weird and disturbing, and I just sort of and like just moved, moved on, on as any child lo- would, looking like- for the racy parts that like resonated <laughs> with me. Like, obviously, the priest pedophile did not resonate with me, although I did remember it upon rereading it. But the I didn't remember her being a prostitute, but I do remember. Bijou, that story of Bijou, uh-huh. you know. and That was probably the longest story in the whole. Bijou probably got more pages than almost anyone. Yeah, and I thought it was like kind of racy and exciting to read stuff like that. Okay. And did you still think it was kind of racy and exciting reading it now as an adult? Hmm. I did get more out of it this time around. I did think it was kind of, I thought there were some interesting passages. I think I told you, I thought it was really interesting, the commentary on homosexuality. And it was from the perspective of not the writer, but the narrators of the stories. Yeah. Right. And so you got this sense that, you know, I guess it was third person narration, but it was third person maybe close mm-hmm. because that there was a lot of right, psychological yeah. like analysis of people. And so it would say something like, you know, in this homosexual couple, this man was treated only like a woman. And in doing so, he performed like like a poor version of a woman basically is what it would say. And it said, it said the same thing about lesbian couples. It would say, do you remember the part where it was about the man? Like one would take a more man's role. I remember and then the Bijou would be wearing the two men, but I don't quite remember that. Remember? Being as- oh yeah. There was, there was the, the 
threesome of lesbians. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And then one of them took a man role, and then there was a description of how one took on a more manly role. And it was actually explored in that same way. It was like it was a bad... They were like a bad play acting of masculine energy and feminine energy. I just thought that was kind of interesting. And, you know, I kind of think that same way, but then I, of course, said that was before right. there was a lot of, like, queer theory out mm-hmm. there. I bet I bet there is some really interesting queer theory on, on Aysenen. Yeah, it'd be interesting because what, this came out in the 70s? Mm-hmm. And so it's very free and very, you know... Not that free. It's still within. But it's, yeah, that's what it's still very moored to traditional gender. That's what I was going to say. But it's still like within a society that's very connected Mm -hmm. to traditional roles, different from ours today, I think. And also the language that was used for the sexual parts and the acts were geared towards reproductive. I didn't function. notice that. Well, do you, do you notice her use of, like, he wanted to be in her womb a lot? Well, yeah. anatomically, that's not what happens in the act of sex. Right. But but they would say that. Yeah. And so it just sort of pointed to a reproductive mm-hmm. function of what they were doing. And that's not why they were doing it. They were not doing it no, to, to get pregnant. No. And Although that did happen. There was w- one couple who... Oh, yeah. The, the prostitute ended up having, like, two kids with some yeah. guy, with one of the guys. I think that happened more than once. It happened in the first disturbing story. Yeah. And then I think it might have happened again mm-hmm. at some point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, people have always mentioned this. I've never read it. I've never known it, so I guess it's good that I've now Yeah, you were a French it. major, weren't you? Uh-huh. But, so. you know, she was writing in English. Yeah, but she's French, right? That's what I was wondering. She's writing in English, but she clearly is either French or lived in France. Right. Um, but Well, that name has got to be French. Anaïs? I'm not sure. I know any. Nin is not French. Oh, it's not? Well, I don't think so. Hmm. Oh, French-American. Huh. I just always thought she was. I don't know. French-born. Oh, French-born American diarist born to Cuban parents in France. There you go. Yeah, so. um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because it doesn't really fit with what we've read so far. Well, I don't know that it doesn't. You don't think? You think it does? Well, I think there were some romance novels that were very centered on sex. Maybe. But not quite in the same way. Not in the same way, but, I mean, there were some that we read that it was just one sex act after another. Yeah, the Indian, the Indian, The few Indian ones that we read were very But they explicit. still were... Uh, more than about that, they were about the relationship between the two people. Well, I don't think you could say that these were totally bereft of relationship. I mean, they were very... But they were limited. 
but it, it wasn't a novel. That's the difference. These are that short too stories. is true. I These did are think that. interrelated short stories, which is kind of interesting too, because mm-hmm. you got it to was. see a progression of character, right? I and, liked the when it was. I liked that. Right, I, that was interesting. So you did get to see a little bit of evolution. And you got to see some romance, and you got to see serious relationships, married couples, you know, and uh, people who are in love with each other for sure. Yeah, a lot of uh, divorces, a lot of broken relationships, too. Mm-hmm. And it would just be like throwing it out there. Like Pierre was one, and he was with Elena. And then like we see Pierre again in his own little story, and mm-hmm. he's he and Elena have broken up, and now he's married and has a child with someone else. Right. So a little bit different than like the soulmate type of like there's this one person out there that's perfect for you in all ways type of story of a romance novel. But you can't say that that's really what's happening in every one of the romance novels. We but in most, that's right. what was happening. I mean, that's... But you couldn't say that that was true of all of them. Was it not? What was it not true of? Oh, what's the one where they ended up together um, in the Hamptons and it was like friends, all the friends? Oh, the happy place. Yeah, yeah, that was different. That was well. So that's but the two people example. had broken up and ended up back together because they. But were, that was an example of a very complicated other. sort of. Are they together? Are they apart? Who they've been with? I mean, there a lot of the stories were that way. That was uh, an extreme example of it, but there were. Hmm. Not all the ones we read were Hallmark movie worthy. A lot of them were a lot more complicated than that. They were, but in the end, they were about finding your person. Yeah. And this is not about that. No. It might be their person for that moment mm-hmm. in time, in the not in the little short Although, story. The exhibitionist, happily ever after. But they weren't together. Oh yeah, they did. They, they did. Like, they got like got married and like and lived. they were perfectly happy to just look at each other. Right. So let's not say let's not be hasty there. You're right. How could I have forgotten that little detail? But I think that's true. I think you find people with, as my mother would say, complementary pathologies. And that's that could be a good description of what they were finding in this. Oh, you think they were all pathological? No, they were finding complementary. I guess it's not pathologies always. Some Hmm. of them are pathologies, Hmm. but... Very interesting. You call them all pathological. Nope, I took that back. I said no. Complementary (laughs) desires, I guess. Okay. And and that might be outside of the norm for some people. Yeah, I would say public exhibitionism can be considered a pathology. Let's not like totally jump on me because some of them But then you expanded from that story to the whole book. And I'm not sure. And that's why I took it back. Complimentary desires, some Mm -hmm. of which were darker and more troubling. And some were not. Some were about being free and finding your right person. Right. But really focused on finding your right person. For like, not like psychic connection, like for your physical needs. I don't think that that's exactly, I don't think that that's precisely what it was. I know she said that. She said that it is about feeling. I totally think it was about that. I think it was about, um... 
I think it was about feeling. I think it was about pleasure. I think it was about sexual pleasure. But I also think it was about, like, being in love with people. I mean, there was plenty of talk of being in love. Yes. Now, it was, like, fleeting. Sometimes. It might last a couple years. Well, sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was ongoing. Other infatuation. than the exhibition, sometimes. Well, no, some relationship. Well, I mean, there, there was, was a lot of different. The teenage girl who was with her adoptive father and a like co-adopted brother mm-hmm. that went on for it suggested forever. Mm-hmm. She was able to keep both of them happy. Um, so there was that one, right? But that one had some. Well, there were some cases where um, somebody was with a lover and they could never quite find somebody that was as good as that person that they had. It was intense yeah, and perfect. Yeah, there was that. Like the there one was the guy. The, bois, the In what? the bois, like in the woods. Yeah. Where and she could it, never find And he was life. like a working guy who had fallen into this aristocratic crowd and she was in love with him. And they didn't realize it, and then he he actually got married because they didn't marry. Right. Well, and she was already married. Right. But, I mean, she could have gotten divorced. She yeah. could have gotten with this guy, but they were in different stations, and she didn't want that. She just wanted him on the side, and he wanted his full wife, and so he got married. Right. I think all that is about emotions and true love and marriage. I mean, it's outside of the box from what you've been Reading and I do admit it's not a romance novel. Nobody's calling it a romance novel, but I would say there is plenty of romance involved. Okay. Do you disagree? Um, it's just maybe not the kind of romance I am looking to read. Mm. I mean, it wasn't like it, I told you the writing I thought was good, and there was something compelling. You wanted to just keep on reading it. Um, to kind of see what these characters were going to do and how they were going to be. So I think probably you're right. There is a depth of feeling and relationship, but it maybe isn't like checking the box that I'm looking for in a romance novel. So while I read it and I thought, mm. Mm, this is interesting and it's like the writing is interesting and the the short stories are interesting and some of the characters are really interesting. Some of the relationships are really interesting. I'm not sure it's something I would, like, choose to read again. Yeah. Because it, it didn't, like, give me, like, warm and fuzzies. No. Not really. Mm. So that's what I would say. So I don't want to limit it because you're right. It was more – there was more depth to it. Mm. Just – So the the bigger question is, do we continue to read stuff outside of the romance novel genre? Or if we keep doing this podcast, do we broaden it to include nonfiction? Maybe like erotic fiction like this? That's thoughtful. I mean, we don't need to be reviewing pornography. Right. But like but anything that has something interesting included that's in it. interesting from the sense that like when 
Like there was romance. I wouldn't say there was no there was no romance. Yeah. Okay. So broaden the what we're reading to when we say romance with a cocktail, like today, I had a cocktail, you had a prosecco. So we have a drink, we sit down and talk, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a romance novel. Now, sometimes it could be. Right, like when the new Kate Claiborne comes out or something. Of course. I mean, you, that's, we have to read the Claiborne. That's Kate still Claiborne. your number one. Georgie all along? Okay. Of modern. I mean, of people who are living, sure. it's mm-hmm. your number one. Yeah. Um, but we, well, we could just broaden it to like maybe, I don't even, does it have to be about romance? Well, it's called romance with a cocktail. So yes, <laughs> there has to be some that. element of love in it, some element no. of relationship, some no. element of no. Oh, then I mean, there has to be romance. romance Between us, or I think like there needs to be some. If you just said some element of relationship, that's everything. <laughs> a love relationship, like a romantic relationship. Yeah, but even love, you've said yourself, romance is a subset of love. Like yeah, love is this bigger thing and there's this smaller circle within the Venn diagram. Like everything that's love has, well, not really. There's some romance that's not even love. That's Isn't, pre-love. That's pre, yeah, I would say that. It's part of so it's not out, love it's not it with it. It's not totally contained within the, I would say. But then how do we know if we go beyond like romance novels? Because if there's no romance, we don't do it. So like we could not read, a novel. It could be a so short story. It could be, be like a nonfiction. A it could be men are from Mars, women for, from Venus in the bedroom. <laughs> like they made us read for, <laughs> for premarital <laughs> counseling. A light switch. Yeah. Um, You're like an oven, and you like to get wedgies. I, that's all I remember. Do you remember? I don't remember though. Maybe you I remember. Do remember that. And we listened to it on an audio book, <laughs> yeah. and the man was like. Here's what I do. I like to pull the underwear <laughs> up on the woman. It's like, what? I forgot that little tidbit. <laughs> it could be so. It could be really anything. It could be like if Washington Post had an article about like modern love or something, modern romance. We could read that, or it needs to be a book. It could be short stories, which I have deliberately not selected until obviously this week. Yeah, short stories. Could be anything written. I suppose. Does it have it, to be written? Could it be a movie? Could it be? Yeah, it could be a movie. Romance with a cocktail. It's just broadly right. some type of like artistic work. Artistic or mostly it, written. Could be academic. Okay, so not necessarily literary. Right. Correct. But unlikely that we're going to read a lot. We're of just talking about what romance is, and we're having a discussion every week, and we're having a cocktail. Now, we could go see theater. We could meet a different couple couple that like surprises us about how they interact, and it wouldn't even be artistic or cultural hmm. or academic. Okay. It could be. But then it's hard something to in our lives. Choose. Well, we'll we'll have to. Because we have Talk to about like, it or think about it every think week. Think about it, yeah. Yeah, so it opens it up to more than just novels, but contains it within the name of the show, which is romance. Okay. We can do that. We could give it a try. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Yeah. And we still don't we still have another episode where we're gonna want to go through all the romance novels, rank them. And which ones are right for men, 
Well, at least men like you. Right. Um, which ones need to not be read? Yeah, just not for us. Maybe right for somebody. Oh, so Outlander you're willing to concede is right for somebody? I thought Outlander for yeah. you just shouldn't even be. For a desperate housewife. Please stop saying that. I thought like we struck that years, from I thought we removed like that from our podcast. Years old, because that is like unhappy marriage, but never gonna get out of it. And would love to imagine That's a very patriarchal just I can't changing even. like touching a stone and going through time. And having a teenage lover who just ravishes her on battlefields throughout the Highlands. <laughs> right? Isn't that what it was? Yes, but I reject your patriarchal labeling of women. So. How do, yes. Because you just don't like me saying desperate housewives. Yes, we struck that okay. the first time you said it. Undesperate housewives. No, no housewives, no undesperate or desperate. No housewives. How did- Women that are looking for something. But, I mean, it's also okay for you to say that you don't think anyone should read it. That's not what I said. I right. said, I said, if you like to imagine yeah. that you could travel through time and be ravished by a teenage lover on the battlefields of the Highlands with other Scotsmen sleeping nearby or not sleeping, as the case may be, then... This read is the, the novel for you, and you don't mind disturbing, like, rape, crazy, scenes. sadomasochistic homosexual scenes, and multiple almost rapes of women, rapes and and, and almost rapes, both. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm just saying. Okay, so you still think there's a market for that? There are people that well, clearly there is. It's a very popular series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're like number nine or something. Yeah, you just fair warning. Hey, if you get far into this, do you feel like you were not warned? No, I mean it was crazy. It was crazy. So you don't like read anything. There's going to be a climactic scene where a guy's going to get like brutally raped by a sadomasochist, and you're going to see it in like minute detail. I didn't even like it in the Wild Rose, which is your favorite. I I didn't know that I needed to see the scene of her getting brutally game raped by the drug addicts. We've talked in New York. about that. You don't like that. Well, I mean, why? It's terrible. She's like crying, "Daddy, daddy, please!" Think, yeah, it's horrifying. I do think there was a certain like element of that that was often in novels of that time, where they would have like these really terrible, yeah, like traumas. Um, in a way that maybe the ones that are newer we didn't see. You don't really see that much in the ones that we read that are brand new. Right. And I think maybe in the 80s and 90s. We were probably more sheltered then, and so it was like very remote, whereas today it doesn't feel as remote. (laughs) (laughs) seems like this might actually happen to some people, and and it's not fun to make it. It's super horrifying, and you don't feel, yeah, you're like, no. I don't don't want to make it part of a story to advance a plot. That's the other thing. That's that's what I really hate. Maybe that's When it feels like a tool to advance the plot more than it feels like the center of a story. So it's like, oh, this happened to this minor character. Let me describe it in minute detail. And then this is why she's cold all the time. What the hell? Like... That is definitely just a plot advancement thing. If it was central, right. that's a different thing. Like in the Wild Rose where the central like tr- 
trauma is the terrible things that happened under communism with like the broken hands. That, I didn't, didn't, I didn't mind, mind that. That was terrible that and like disturbing. But like the rest of the novel was about the fallout. Of all of that. Whereas like in some cases it was used as like a plot device. And I hate the like severe trauma that's just a way to advance the plot. I don't like that. Mm, yeah. We can think about that. Novels that do too much of that. Mm-hmm. That could be one of our lists. Maybe you can come up with questions since like on our first podcast of the whole thing – you had questions for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can come up for next week with like some questions we should consider in advance about the books we read and what we what's worth mm-hmm. yeah. talking about as a summary of our 50 novels. Yep. Now then, okay, but as I've asked every time, you're saying there's romance. So did you learn something about romance from reading this week's Delta of Venus? Yeah. Um. Well, I learned a lot about the emotional landscape of women. What really? They, what they think. Yeah, sure. You didn't think that it, she was like um, just re, a really great, talented narrator of the way women feel things in romantic situations? Maybe some. I felt like she was better than 75% of the romance novels, the way that intimate scenes are rendered in the romance novels that I've read. I give you that for some. Of there's the a sense that there's like a, like in, in the, in the most ardent romantic sexual scenes that there's like this great intensity. Yeah. And it's almost, spoken about in a cliched way she didn't seem at, at no point did i ever think oh that's a cliche yeah i'll give you that i agree and but she still came across like with the the sense that i get from other novels that like there is this deep intensity that's like maybe more than what a man experiences because hmm. they're a little bit okay. more closed off from the emotional side of at least a in sexual experience. Yeah. Well, most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Of all the novels, this one. Well, you learn something from everything. Hmm. There were plenty where you were like, I didn't learn anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Not about romance. I mean, some of them weren't really about romance. It was about like some fantasy some author had that they wanted to have fun with with the readers, which is okay too, but I don't think they're written with the idea that I'm going to share something. That's true. This one about romance. There did seem to be more of an effort to share something about women and how women engage in pleasure. Mm-hmm. And in these relationships in a level that maybe not all the romance novels have. Because the romance novels kind of already decided mm-hmm. before they ever set out. Whereas this, it was like when, as you read all of them, there's like some deeper yeah. something that she's saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true. 
I mean, it's not, I mean, she was she was not disturbing for mm. for just fun. She wasn't capriciously disturbing. I mean, the center of the story was a disturbing thing. Yeah, but I'm that not sure. That was the like, center of the story. The center of the story was a pedophile priest or a predator father. Like, that was the center of the story. So right. there, it wasn't like to advance a plot. It was like, this is, we're going to start. It's going to seem innocuous, but you're going to see some disturbing ways he thinks that are going to lead to this really disturbing thing down the road. Which, like I said, is like very much like Lolita in the tradition of Nabokov, you know, just very much like here's, we're going to, you're going to kind of have to have compassion for this person yeah. to to go through the whole story. And by the end, you're like, I don't want to have compassion. No, and I don't even want to read this because this person well, is yeah, the, sick. And the like psychopathic person was like really gross. I didn't like that at all. Right. There are just a few that I, Right. veered far off of an interesting exploration right. of, of, I don't know, women. And right. And who knows why she wrote them? I don't know why she wrote them. She wrote that she was writing it for a man. Who, who knows? was, like, paying for them. And yeah. so she was, like, just trying to come up with more and more outlandish things. Yeah, right. And so that's kind of... Yeah. <laughs> well, when you read the ones that are really disturbing, you're like reading the preface with that and then it's like some guy who just like wants these like very clinical stories is like thinking oh yes let me get this story and then it's like super <laughs> dark yeah so well you know there's a lot of darkness in some of the stories that we really like so it's fine but i like you know to live in a bubble Mm-hmm. Try to keep my darkness outside. Yeah. Um, so. Well, the exhibitionists lived every, happily ever after. Yeah, you really enjoyed that one, huh? Mm-hmm. Insane. It's not without your happy endings. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Lots of happy endings. Yeah. All right, so next week we're going to rank and talk and, and tie recap up, uh, and summarize. The yes. first season. And then we're going to move on to second season, which will be broader. Yes. Will we take a hiatus in between or we'll jump right in? Well, we're probably, I guess we're, we'll be back on Sunday night. So we'll do. Yeah. The and ranking. then I don't have to work on Monday next week. So. Mm, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So next week, recap. Recap.